This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg. And real cheese folded over the side, looking just so good. Mm-mm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's. On Tuesday, November 27th, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau, and me, Jay Zawoski, at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood for our Puck Cancer fundraiser and watch party as the Blackhawks take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tickets are $10, and all proceeds go to the family of Meredith Garcia. Meredith lost her battle with cancer in May, and her family needs our help. Every ticket is an entry into our grand prize raffle, which includes Blackhawks tickets and a signed jersey. Go to madhousepod.com events to purchase tickets. That's madhousepod.com events. We'll see you at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood on November 27th. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Hawks win. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. Welcome into this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. My name is Jay Zawoski with you tonight solo. It's just me. No James. Poor you. Listen anyway, come on. I know James is the more lovable of the two of us, but listen to me. I stayed up late to do this for you. Anyway, Hawks beat the Ducks 3-1, to one, and is Brandon Sod back? Does it feel like Brandon Sod's back? Three good games in a row. Uh, his best game of the year by far, by a wide margin tonight. Two goals, including the empty netter to solidify things at the end, and the Hawks beat the Anaheim Ducks 3-1 to one in a game that, to me, um held a little more importance than i thought it would uh as the day went on when i as i was sort of anticipating this game starting i was sort of thinking about how would the hawks respond to the first real ass kicking they've gotten all season like yeah they lost to arizona but that was a sort of like okay anti ronta was great and you know i don't know it's arizona do you really get up for it whatever you can make a lot of excuses about that one that got their asses handed to them like you know, Steven Stamkos skated out, put his hands out, and like, here's your ass. I'm handing it to you. Please take it. Take your ass out of my hands because I'm handing it to you. The Hawks got housed in that game. 
against Tampa. So I think tonight's response was important to me. And it to me, it spoke volumes that they came out and played the way they played. They pretty much dominated this game from start to finish. Yes, the Anaheim Ducks had uh, some late rushes. There were a few moments of sustained possession for the Ducks. But overall, if you look at the whole big picture of the 60 minutes of this game tonight, uh, the Hawks really had an edge in play. And I mentioned Brandon Saad right off the hop. We got to get to him. He is the story of the game. Um, two goals, like I mentioned. The first goal, important for so many reasons. Number one, on the power play. Number two, Brandon Saad in front of the net, using his body to fend off a defender, using his strength to take multiple shots on goal from right in front of John Gibson. That is vintage Brandon Saad. That is the Brandon Saad the Hawks were hoping they were getting when they traded Artemi Panarin to get him back. And I'm very encouraged by what I've seen tonight. I think he was better against Tampa, and they sucked that as a team in that game. But I was seeing things from Saad that I liked. Not Same thing in the Columbus game. Saw some things I liked from him there. But tonight, fantastic game for Brandon Saad. Let's hope he can sort of link these together and that this two-goal performance tonight sort of catapults him back to something close to the Brandon Saad we all fell in love with in his first stint with the Blackhawks. He looked different. He looked confident. And it wasn't just the offense. It was the uh, steals. It was the solid play along the boards. It was a solid play in the neutral zone. He was effective at all three, in all three zones tonight. Brandon Saad was the best Blackhawk on the ice, probably the best player on the ice for either team. The other bit of great news in this game is Corey Crawford was outstanding. Outstanding. No, The tough shots he saved, no rebounds. Uh, in control. Uh, I thought he made a really nice blocker save that was just sort of brushed off during the broadcast. He is seeing the puck incredibly well. And James and I talked about it on our full-length podcast we did last night. We spent a lot of time talking about Corey Crawford. Make sure you listen to that one, by the way, madhousepod.com. We did about 45 minutes last night, uh, so check that one out. It still holds up even though the Hawks played tonight. Anyway, Corey Crawford... Uh, and his three starts has been really, really good. Tonight, he was very solid. He just looks sturdy. He just looks ready. It looks like the Corey Crawford that we saw early last season before the injury when he was sort of holding things together for this team. Um, really pleased with what I've seen from him. So there's not a lot for me negative about tonight's game. There are a couple little things that I want to mention that I want to keep an eye on as we go forward. Nothing I'm overly concerned about just yet. Um, but before I do that, got to praise Eric Gustafson's pass to Patrick Kane. Holy moly, what a the vision required to make that pass to Patrick Kane. Uh, looks like he's going to shoot, winds up, passes it across the ice to Kane. Who did, All he has to do is just hit the back of the net. It's wide open for him, and he makes no mistake. Um, Gustafson, every night there's a moment or two of, wow, okay. I see why this guy's getting the ice time he's getting. I see why... You know, he's playing as much as he is. And, and I think his playing time is more of a statement on the Blackhawks' defensive depth more than anything. But he does have a couple moments a game where you're like, wow, that was that was something. That said, <laughs> at the same time, there's three or four moments a game where you're like, Eric Gustafson, what are you doing? What in God's holy name are you doing 
uh, the play where, and this wasn't quite as egregious as some of the things he's done earlier, but the one Anaheim goal, he pinches too deep. Jonathan Taves coughs the puck up, and uh, Ducks are uh, off to the races on a breakaway. They score. It's their only goal of the game. Nothing Corey Crawford can do there. Um, but that was Augustuson. You know, that's him being over aggressive. So I think when he gets that balance of being selectively aggressive as opposed to aggressive, aggressive, aggressive all the time, I'll feel better about him getting the ice time he's getting and by having the uh, role he's having on this team. Now it's out of necessity, but um, there's so many moments in the game where I go, whoa, and then there's so many moments in the game where I go, oh, my God, with Eric Gustafson, hopefully the wows start to uh, become more frequent and the holy gods start becoming less frequent and I'll feel a lot better about things. But young defenseman, not really an age, but an experience. Uh, it's really his first full-time season. So I'm willing to cut him some slack. And look, this year's about development. You know, I don't think anyone expects the Blackhawks to go and win a Stanley Cup. I said last night on the full-length podcast um, that maybe, maybe, maybe they sniff a playoff spot. Um, but they're definitely not cup contenders, not as currently assembled. But I want to see a little more consistency out of Gustafson's game. Speaking of consistency, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows I'm a big fan of Nick Schmaltz. I love his game. I love his skill set. I think he's going to be a 60, 65, maybe 70-point scorer as his career goes on. But there are moments where I find myself questioning his hockey IQ. And that's not saying he's stupid. He's not stupid. I've talked to Nick on several occasions. He's a a nice kid, thoughtful guy, smart guy, not stupid at all. But when I talk about hockey IQ and hockey intelligence, it's a situational knowledge of the game on the ice. And there's a few times tonight where you saw Nick doing things that you just had to sort of scratch your head and say, what are you doing? You know, one of the trends throughout the year has been his unwillingness to shoot and always wanting to force passes when they're not there. Look, I get that he's capable of creating highlight reel goals, either with a pass or a shot. He is an exquisitely skilled hockey player. There's That's never been in question. But it's the time and it's the place, right? You saw him turn the puck over in the offensive zone tonight. Artem Anisimov bails him out, steals the puck back brilliantly, gets it to him. He fumbles it, loses it, turns around and trips a Ducks player and takes a penalty, right? Uh, There's just a few moments throughout the game. I'm not going to panic and say that this is anything to be long-term concerned about. It's just something I'm going to keep a closer eye on. It's something I've noticed over the last handful of games that there are some head-scratching moments from Nick Schmaltz. And um, like I said with Gustafson, you want those things to start to happen less often. Um, so it's just something to be aware of. Again, nothing uh, that's – I'm not writing him off by any means. I think that for a young hockey player, and that's what Nick Schmaltz is, sometimes the mental part of the game is the last thing to develop. And we talk about – and I think we're sort of spoiled in Chicago because of the immediate intelligence of Jonathan Taves the immediate intelligence of Alex Dabrinkit. We've talked about how Henry Yokoharu has a a more mature um, mental feel for the game, it seems, than you would expect a guy his age to have. 
with Schmaltz, that part hasn't really fully realized yet. And I think that's probably more typical for a young player than what we've seen from his line mates and from him and from his teammates. You also have a lot of this fan base, probably 80% of the Blackhawks fan base, came in, started watching the Hawks when Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook were fully realized or close to fully realized. Those two guys, when they started, there were nights where they didn't look like NHL players, where they were clueless, they were lost, and that intelligence part of the game that maybe separated them from a lot of defensemen in the league when the Hawks were winning cups, that takes time to develop. So I do think it's coming for Nick Schmaltz, but I just think maybe it's a little behind where I would have thought it would be at this point. Part of it could be constantly moving, center wing, second, third, all these different changes he's been forced to make um, during his short career. But at the same time, if he was consistent, he would maybe stay in these positions more often. So it's a little bit chicken or egg. Again, nothing to panic about, but just something to keep an eye on going forward. And one thing I want to mention, just to sort of say it out loud and tell myself I'm being stupid here. Tonight's game was the third game in a row where Jonathan Taves failed to register a point. And I think we all got very excited about his start of the season, and rightfully so. He still has more points than games played, which is a good thing, obviously. Um, But it's been three games since Jonathan Taves has recorded a point. That said, tonight, very effective in all three zones, much like Brandon Saad. He could have had two or three goals tonight on his own. Uh, drove the net beautifully and just got denied by uh, John Gibson, who had a really strong game tonight for Anaheim. Uh, So the signs are still there. The performance is still there. The results haven't been. um, And I want to see those points sticking around for Jonathan Taves. I don't want to see three, four, five games where he's not getting on the score sheet. He's too important to this team. And yeah, all that other stuff is great. The penalty killing, the faceoff winning, the shot generating, all that stuff. But Jonathan Taves needs to produce points, and I want to see him get back on a, you know, a four points in three nights sort of a streak here, and hopefully he can do that Thursday night against the New York Rangers. And we will be back Thursday night for a post-game podcast, so make sure you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, make sure you go to madhousepod.com for everything about the Madhouse Podcast. You can find every episode there, our bios, links to our Twitters, links to our uh, Patreon and GoFundMe pages, all of our writing. And of course, if you go to madhousepod.com slash events, you can click directly to the link for our Puck Cancer event on November 27th. You heard that promo before the podcast started. Hopefully you can join us November 27th. Ten bucks gets you in the door. We've got great raffle items, including a signed Hawks jersey, Blackhawks tickets. We've got a Mitch Trubisky signed hat a Kyle Fuller signed mini helmet. We're going to have Wolves tickets, copies of NHL 19. The Bulls and Cubs have pledged their support. Um, So we're going to have a ton of great stuff to give away there. By the way, my old buddy from high school, out of the blue, hears about this event, hits me up and says, man, I can't be there, but I want to help out. What game do you want two club-level tickets for? I said, how about the game against the Montreal Canadiens coming up in December? He said, done deal. So we've got two more tickets to give away, courtesy of my buddy Brian Wazalewski. Brian, thank you for that. Uh, So great things waiting for you at Rabbit Brewing on the 27th of November. Come out, join us. It's going to be a great, great night. We're going to raise money for a great cause. And 
Every time we do one of these events, it's a smash. Everyone loves it. It's going to be super fun. Come out to Rabid, drink some phenomenal beer, and have a good time with James and I and all of our friends. You'll get to meet Ponytail Dave, and Gingerburger is going to be there. Gingerburger has purchased a ticket. He was the first. Come meet Ginge. If there's no other reason to come, you get to meet Gingerburger. Isn't that enough? That should get you in the door right there. Anyway, enough promotion. MadhousePod.com for everything. Go to our events page, MadhousePod.com slash events for all the information on our Puck Cancer event on the 27th. But we'll be back Thursday with another post-game show. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. We'll talk to you Thursday after the Hawks-Rangers on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Today on News 4 at 4. It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports' top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can take at home to protect them at school and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News 4 Today on NBC4.